Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, everybody say that right there. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat. And be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked them what these things meant. And he said to them, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was also angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandments at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. And But as soon as this son of yours of this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea. You can't break God. You can't break God. Come on, would you bow your heads and close your eyes and pray with me? Oh God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have, Lord, to be able to come before you. I thank you, Lord God, for the privilege that we have, Lord, to be able to call on your name. Oh God, I pray, Lord, that today you would let me decrease as you increase, Father. Remove me out of the picture, Lord, and I pray that it would be you. Let it be your words, Lord. Help us, Father God, to see how extravagant you are, how you are a prodigal God. Father, we love you and we thank you. And it's in your beautiful name that we pray, Lord God. Amen and amen. Come on, if you're expecting for God to do something in this house, would you put your hands together and come on, make some noise for Jesus. Come on, if you're believing for him to say something today, come on, if we're expecting in this house, amen. Hey, uh, a couple of days ago, I, uh, I celebrated a birthday and, um, you know, I still identify, I still identify as 30, turn up. 
Oh, you can't tell me no different. I just, I just multiply my 30s as long as I want to. When I decide to be 40, I'll be 40. But for now, I'm in my 30s. Yo, so what do I do as a dad who has like, you know, a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 6-year-old? And I guess, you know, they, uh, they were home from school. <laughs> what do you do? So I drove around for a little while. I took them to breakfast. And then I wanted to do something that I wanted to do. I wanted to go to Amakalola Falls. I like Amakalola, especially during... I'm probably even butchering the name. I don't care. But... I like it because it like it has like it has like the trees are all orange and red and yellow. You're up at this wheat, this like super high mountain and it's like a waterfall. Like I love it. Like I just like that. I'm old. Like, yo, I used to want to go to Six Flags. Now I want to just go see mountain stuff. So I decide I'm gonna go there. But when I started to go there, I was tired. I was like, yo, I don't want to drive for an hour and a half, bro, to go see this mountain. I'm like, what do you guys wanna do? Y'all wanna go to a jumping house? So on my birthday. Well, it was before my birthday, but I spent it at the jumping house with the kids. I still feel all my muscles hurt. Both sets of my cheeks are hurting here and there. <laughs> Yo, I mean, it was like, it was, it was cool. After we finish, I decide, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I like to shop. I like to shop, but I don't shop like some of y'all shop. See, some of y'all be breaking your husband's bank. Me, I'm a little different. I'm the guy that if I'm driving down Barrett, I'm going to stop at Plato's Closet at least three or four times a week. And I, I can scan. I've gotten to the point now where I can just walk and I, I'm usually looking for shoes, you know, so I can like walk. I see, oh, that's a pair of Jordans. And then the Jordan has like a stomach. He's like fat Jordan. I'm like, no, these things are fake. I put them back, but I, I know how to scan i'll look for like jackets this was like 13 dollars. praise god y'all thought y'all thought it was expensive you know praise a lot hey plato's closet yo when i go to plato's closet it's my birthday by the way i'm sitting here and i'm looking through stuff and my son levi comes bro and he has like a shirt and a pair of pants and he's like dad do you think this will fit me and i'm like <laughs> like ac you feel me like i'm like yo it's it's my birthday bro birthday with a th not an f it's my birthday like what do you and he's like oh i just i just thought that you know that because you know but yeah no worries and then abigail starts walking around and asking me papi can you buy that for me papi can you buy this for me and then ramses comes and he has like these pair of shoes and he's like asking me papi do you think that i can you can buy me these shoes and I'm like, yo, first of all, y'all haven't done anything to earn these shoes. You haven't done anything to earn any of this clothes. It's my birthday. Today is the day that I get to celebrate, but you're trying to get me to buy you stuff? I ended up buying some shoes, but don't judge me, whatever, man. I'm a sucker. I don't care. But I ended up buying some shoes. I think bought for Nunzi, and it was like, you know, left. But it was funny because as I was putting this message together, I started to think to myself, isn't that the way sometimes that we act with God? That we really haven't earned a whole lot but we expect God to give us so much. Let me explain to you. We picked this picture up of a popular sermon that we've probably heard preached 14 different ways, upside down, left side up. We've heard this sermon in so many different ways, the prodigal son. My hope and my desire is to show you a little bit of a different angle. At the beginning of October, I'm sorry, at the beginning of September, we started, or October, we started this sermon series called Plus One. 
And plus one was all about breaking down the Bible in Luke chapter 15. And we talked about the the prodigal, the, the story of the lost sheep. We talked about the story of the lost coin. And then we had plus one Sunday. And I wanted to take just a second to honor and say thank you to everybody who invited somebody on plus one Sunday. This place was not only filled with people, but I can't begin to tell you. I hope you snuck an eye and you looked to see how many people's hands went up and how many people got saved. Amen. And that was a product of you thank you so much for everybody you invited online to watch everybody who jumped online and saw it it was a product of what you did and I'm so grateful we've been following up with them and inviting them and I'm just grateful that I'm a part of a church that actually understands the call and will step out of their comfort zone to invite people and get them saved and that's what we saw on Sunday which I was super super excited about but what happens is that we've talked about this prodigal son, I mean, I'm sorry, this parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin. Basically, what happening, what's happening with Jesus is that he's hanging out with people who are far from God. He's hanging out with sinners, right? So there's a group of sinners that are around Jesus and he's eating with them and he's spending time with them. And then there's another group of people who are religious leaders and they're turning to Jesus and they're saying like, yo, why is he, why is he hanging out with those sinners? Why is he spending time with those people? And Jesus begins in Luke chapter 15, to give him a discourse of three different stories. An individual who lost one sheep. Though he had a hundred, he lost one sheep and he would leave the 99 to go look for that one sheep. We saw how also there was this woman that had 10 coins. One coin got lost and how she turned on the light. Remember, she swept and then she searched carefully to find that one cord. These are all stories for us to understand that Jesus' heart was for lost people. That our desire here at Greater Church is not for you to look at somebody who is lost and say, these are the people that I don't want around my kids. I don't want them around me. But for you to understand that you have an assignment, that God has given you tools to be able to reach people. And that tool is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that your story actually can begin to produce the power that will change somebody else's story. So what happens is that we pick up this story. Jesus is ending Luke chapter 15. In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to pull some truths out of here because I want you to see it. I wanted to preach it in one Sunday, but I said, you know what? This is too good. I'm going to take three Sundays and break this thing completely down because if we're able to see it, not only is our life going to be impacted, but yo, I feel like some, some of us got to wake up. Yo, the pandemic has this social distancing thing, which yo, I'm not speaking against it. We don't talk like that. We say physical distancing. That's why the chairs are out. That's why a lot of you guys are watching online. We get it. We understand it, but don't let that stop you from the assignment and the things that God has put inside of you because every one of us are to preach every one of us are to share the good news remember when David came up here and he preached the message on evangelism how good news everybody shares it all the time we talk about somebody I'm pregnant it's my birthday I, I just got a new car we constantly will share good news but when it comes to Jesus now nah, it's my private faith I don't want nobody to know about Jesus now nah, I don't like those people Yo, those people, <laughs> those people are going to burn and go to hell. And you could have had one conversation that would have shifted their entire destiny. I'll show it to you in a second. The Bible says that this man has two children. Now, remember, he's talking to two groups. He's talking now two children. The youngest one of them says, hey, dad, give me my, my inheritance Give me what belongs to me. Give me what you're going to give me. When you die, there's a certain allotment. There's a certain bit of your, of your estate. This stuff is going to come to me. Give it to me right now. And the youngest man asked for something that he had never earned. And it's crazy because he, I, you know, this is Jesus's story. If it was me and my son would ask me at that young, he, I would have, you know, 
kicked him with a good Lord split him. But I would have said, yo, here, this is what you get is a good kicking with a good Lord split you. Goodbye. But, you know, it's Jesus' story. I digress. He says that this man comes to his father and says, give me everything that belongs to me. And as I started kind of listening to it and, and kind of reading into it and trying to understand it, and I, I try to put myself in the scriptures and try to understand it from my point of view, I do that all the time. And I know that you do it as well. I know you got your teeth all straight in your mouth behind your masks. And, and I know you're good and, you know, you're holy and the Lord, you've never done nothing. But, you know, I've been the person that has asked, Lord, can you fix my marriage? Lord, fix my marriage. Fix her because she's crazy. Help her, Lord Jesus. Like, work on her. Like, stop her because she's crazy. Like, change her. Like, let her learn. Like, touch her body. And never am I ever even have I thought, or I've done better now, but had I thought for a second, yo, maybe I should pray about me. Maybe I should start working. I want a perfect marriage, but I'm not working towards a perfect marriage. What happens when we say, Lord, bless our finances. Give me something that I, don't, I haven't earned, something that I haven't deserved. Bless my finances, Lord. Give me more money. But, bro, you got YouTube subscription. You got Netflix, Yahoo, Hulu, Disney. You got uh, freaking Apple Music and Spotify because you never know. Some albums are unwanted some, and entitled because, you know, I just got a support for one time for the culture. And you have all of, and you haven't given a Dime to the Lord. Dang, Chino, why are you preaching like that all of a sudden? Like, we're getting close to Christmas. Aren't you supposed to ching, ching, ching? Like, let's do some nice stuff. No, because I think it's important for us to understand it. Because if I'm honest with you, I've been in that place. Well, I'm asking, Lord, Lord, bless me with all of these things. Give me all of these things, but I haven't taken one step to, not to earn it. Because here, I want you to understand this. Your salvation, that's free. The Lord gives you that. He saves you. It's not of your own working. You don't have to do nothing. You get salvation for free. But yo, you got to do some work in the kingdom. Like there's some things that you have to earn and you have to work your way into. God is not just going to give it to you just because he's going to give it to you. Lord, make me blessed and healthy. But you're eating 47 McChickens at three in the morning. Like, yo, I'm t I don't know who eats 47 McChickens, but <laughs> Lord, oh my God, Tommy, you're horrible. <laughs> but yo, I, I feel like I've been there so much where I'm like, yo, Lord, I'm lonely. Like, I feel like I'm by myself. And maybe you felt that. It's just like, man, I'm, I just don't have no friends. But as soon as service finishes, boom, you in the car to go sit at the couch, plop, by yourself. When God has given you G groups, he's given you a church where you can get around people. If you're watching online, there's people that meet online that you can, you can actually be part of a community that you don't have to be lonely. But yo, you got to begin to take some step. We begin to ask God for things that we haven't earned expecting for him to give it to us. You got to give it to me. We start naming it and claiming it, babbing it and glabbing it. And Father, right now in Jesus' name. And we think that the louder that we get, the more that God's going to give us. And I told y'all, and everybody here should know this. And, you know, I said it two times in the last week because I want y'all to understand it. That at this church, we believe in the prosperity gospel. We preach the prosperity gospel here. We believe God wants to give you a brand new house and a brand new car. And it's four letters. Y'all help me out. Ready? W O. RK, get a job, bro, and go to work and buy and save your money and buy your house, buy your car, get your diamond ring, whatever you want. God wants to bless you, but it's going to take effort on our behalf. Like we got to do some of the work. I think Christianity has been relegated to father in Jesus name. Thank you right now. Whatever you ask in my name, I shall give to you. When in reality, yo, the Lord actually wants you to begin to take some steps on this spiritual journey. Not only does he want you to take steps, but he's commanded you to take steps. The great commission, Matthew 28, 19, is we have a responsibility to step into the assignment that God has given us. But sometimes we deserve things and we ask God. And you know what's the crazy part about it? 
that at the very beginning of the story, you see a picture of the gospel. Though the son did not deserve any of that. Though the son could not get any of those things because, yo, he was not only was he, he was the youngest son, meaning that he hadn't even worked long enough to be able to just kind of keep some of this stuff or store it. So the youngest son says, give me everything that I want. And you know what's crazy? It's that the father gave it to him. Is this not a picture of the gospel? The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that the wages of sin is death. Like if I go and I get a job, if when I get this job, I'm actually working, I'm doing what I need to do. Eventually, the boss that I work for, he should pay me money because of the job that I did. And it's crazy because our personal life, I know none of you, I, I don't know, maybe you've sinned, maybe you've done something wrong. But I know that I've done some stuff and I've made some mistake and the payment for one sin for one sin, not big sin, not little sin. God doesn't look at it as murder. God doesn't look at it as you didn't make up your bed. You told your coworker to clock you in at 3.30, but you, you know, you left at three o'clock. Like God doesn't look at sin in levels. God looks at sin as defeated. He beat it. It was Jesus, death, hell, and the grave that destroyed the power of sin. We are the ones that put these categories on. We're the ones that say this is big sin and it's little sin. But yo, every single sin is the same to God. Every single sin deserves death. Yo, think about the magnitude of what I just said to you. That means that every time that you lied, you deserve to die. That means that every time that you did that at three in the morning and nobody knows about it and you've been trying to hide that. So nobody, God, don't, just don't talk about this part. You know, me and you, I just asked for, for repent. Yo, that, that deserves death. Like you should die with that. And the only way that you can atone for it, the only way that you can be right with God is for you to die, is for blood to be shed. But the beauty of God is that he would rig a plan. Y'all remember, um, oh my gosh, what's that, that painter's name? Dorian Gray. Y'all remember the story of Dorian Gray? All two of y'all that do know. I'm going to say it again so that you can remember. Dorian Gray was this historic painter. And what he did was that he, I'm sorry, he was this, this rich guy. And he had all this money. And he asked a, a warlock to come in and to paint him a picture and he told him, I want you to paint me a picture and I want you to put a spell on it. And what happens is that everything that I do wrong in my life, I want it to end up on that picture. Like, I don't want to receive any consequences for anything that I do wrong. And this guy went and did the spell. He did all of the stuff and he created the picture. And for year after year, he began to live his life and cheating people and stealing from people and killing people and doing all of these things to get ahead. He builds himself this estate with no consequences one day. He decides to go to this east side of his home. And when he gets to the east side, he climbs up to the attic and he begins to see all of the things that he's accumulated. All of the gold, the paintings, all of the beautiful things that he's stolen from people. And he gets to the point where he gets to one painting and it has a veil over it. When he gets to the veil, he grabs it and he rips the veil off. And as soon as he rips the veil off, he falls and he dies because of how grotesque and ugly the picture was that he looked at. Because the spell that was casted on there, everything that he did wrong ended up on that picture. And when he saw how ugly and how disgusting and how distorted that picture was, it gave him a heart attack and he died. That's a cute story. No, that's the gospel. That everything that you did wrong ended up on Jesus. That every time that you lied, that every time that you cheated, every time you stole, every time you did those things, it ended up on Jesus. It was Jesus on the cross that he was that grotesque picture that the Bible says that his face was marred beyond recognition, filled with blood, swollen, ripped in half. This man was so beat up because it should have been you. 
Because we keep saying that Jesus died for us. Incomplete gospel. Jesus didn't die for you. He died as you. You should have been on that cross. But the effects of our sin and the things that we do wrong, they ended up on Jesus. And in a beautiful exchange, not only does he take our sin, but the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God. So in an uneven exchange, God gives you what you don't deserve. God gives you salvation. He allows for you to be in his kingdom because you can't earn your way into salvation. You can't pay your tithes into salvation. You can't walk down an altar 48 times and become a member of a church to get salvation. Salvation is free. The Bible says that he gives it to you when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart at that very moment that you are saved. That's the easy part about it. He gives us something that we haven't earned. This young man, he says, give me all of my stuff. The father says he gives it to him. And all of a sudden, a few days later, he gives the father what the father didn't deserve. It's in the scriptures where the Bible says that the man, he, once he gets all of his stuff, it says, and a few days later, he begins to take some steps. That for some of us, whether we're in this room or we're watching online at some point or another, you might be even there right now, we've taken these steps. And these steps are breaking God's heart because you're giving God what he never earned. The Bible says that he took everything that he had, took every single bit of it, and it says that he, he went away. And that's what happens with us sometimes. We take the first step and church goes. We stop reading our Bible. We stop praying. The things that God has given us, we take them and we're like, yo, I'm saved. Or well, maybe you're not. And it's the grace of God that when you washed your jeans, that girl's phone number got washed in there. And you don't understand he saved you. You left five minutes after. You're late. You're mad at everybody because you're late to where you're going at. But as soon as you get on the highway, you see that wreck and you're like, yo, if I was just... And you have no idea how much God has been protecting you and saving you. You have no idea how he's been eliminating and removing people out of your life because that relationship was not what you needed. But we begin to walk away from God and all of a sudden now things, we start leaving God to the wayside. Now it's not that you're praying and asking like you used to be, Father, give me a girl, Lord, and I pray right now that you would bless me with a husband and you're praying. Now you just, whatever comes down the pipeline. If he looks halfway decent, she could be cross-eyed, buck-toothed, bow-legged. <laughs> In Jesus' name. And slowly what will start happening is that you slowly start leaving. But then what happens is that when you leave, the Bible says that he left, but then it says that he went to a far away country. Then you get to a place where you just abandon God completely. Now, church is not something that you're even thinking about. You might be drunk sitting at the club and people trying to talk to you and they're having conversations. Hey, this is Chino talking, by the way. <laughs> this is Chino talking, by the way. And you're trying to sin and God won't even let you sin right. You're sitting there and you're just like, yo, I don't want to talk about God. But yeah, but hold on. But let me ask you a question. When you were like, yo, I don't want to talk about that. And you walk so far away, you pushed it so far away that God is a perfect gentleman. God says, okay, you do your thing. And now you're in this far country figuring out your life, doing the things that you never thought that you would. And th thinking the things that you would have never thought because now the Satan has involved your mind so much that you're even thinking, yo, is God even real? Like, yo, did I waste my time with that? That was my grandmama's religion. That was my mom's religion. That was them. That's the reason why I went to it. And it pushes you so far away that before you know it, if you don't repent, if you don't turn back, you waste everything that God has given you. Your life, it has value. Like, yo, the things that you've been through, the reason that your heart is still beating, you're still breathing, yo, it's because your life has value. 
But what will happen is the more you slip, the more you leave from God, the more you go far away from God. And then you get to the point where you begin to waste the purpose, the destiny. There are things that God put in your heart that you begin to just leave it alone. So now you wanted to open an orphanage. You ain't even thinking about no orphanage. You're just trying to figure out how you're going to get $17 an hour instead of $16 an hour at this job so you can pay your rent, your phone, your cable, and just live your life. When God had so much of a bigger life for you to experience and you're beginning to waste it, now you're hanging around and you're going from relationship to relationship to relationship when God actually had a spouse, a family that was legacy that God has stored up for you and you're sitting there and you're living your life and you're wasting it, bro. And you're wasting Wasting it. That was, that's what happens when we give God what he doesn't deserve. We walk away from him. And then we go to a faraway land. And then before you know it, we waste it. But then all of a sudden, the Bible says that he came to himself. And yo, I started thinking about that. I'm like, yo, this kid, you know, the younger guy, you know, he, he finally gets to a space where he comes to himself. I, I'm the youngest of my family. Give me my money. Give me the stuff that is owed to me. The father gives it to him out of the word that we studied last Sunday, grace. He just gives it to him. Hey, I'm going to give it to you. This is what you asked for. And then he takes it. And after some days, he walks away from the father. He goes to a faraway land. He begins to waste it. The story begins to get talked about. And I don't know, I feel sometimes like I can't really understand it because what happens is that the young man, the Bible says that he went and he started living in prodigal living or spending it wastefully, everything that the father had given him. I don't see too much of like him acting ratchet or loose or, you know, in the club. Like every time we've preached it, we, we think of the prodigal son as the guy with the, with the leather jacket. You know what I mean? That's like wide open, smoking, drinking. Everybody's hanging out at the party. And then he loses the money. You remember the human videos? How many of y'all remember the human videos? Nobody. That's sad. <laughs> and then he lost all the money. And then, and then he comes back. And then he meets the father. The father runs and hugs him. But yo, I never, I don't, I can't read that in scripture. The only time that it says that he did something wrong with the money is when the Bible says that his big brother says, this son of yours is out there living his life, spending his money on harlots, which is prostitutes, and I've been here my entire time, and I've never done nothing. You ain't give me no fatted calf. But that's the only, how did his brother know he was with prostitutes? <laughs> Holy Ghost wasn't there. <laughs> how did... How did he know that? But, but I'm saying, because, because I want you to be careful, because you can, you, can, you can extrapolate. You can literally move yourself away from this story and not understand that sometimes we do that, and you don't have to be doing all this weird clubbing and drinking and smoking and having sex and, cre and doing all of this crazy stuff. You can remove yourself away from God and find yourself far from God and find yourself actually moving to a faraway country and even wasting the very things that God has given you. We've been talking about us sharing our faith. And could it be that you've been saved for so long and the only people that know that you're saved is your family? And the calling and the assignment, the things that God has put in your life, you've kind of allowed for them to be wasted because you wanted to write songs. You wanted to be a youth pastor, bro. You were thinking about all of these things, but you slowly like, ah, yeah, that's for the past. That's not for me right now. I'm trying to make a living, dog. I'm trying to bank right now because I need my family to have legacy and money and I need to have all of this stuff and I'm trying to make it in life. When in reality, yo, all of this calling the assignment, the money follows you. You don't chase after money. Money's always going to follow calling, bro. So you're worrying about chasing something that will follow you and chase after you if you step in your assignment and do what God called you to do. What if we're a bunch of prodigal sons? What if there are some things in us that we completely forgot? That God has actually stored up. 
My hope and my desire, as, as we hear the keys make this a little bit more spiritual, my hope and my desire is that you would come to yourself. I was sitting there, Jason, yesterday I was sitting there and I'm for the last week I've had the worst week of my life. Hold on one second. Okay, I've had the worst week of my life. I celebrated a birthday. While I celebrated that birthday, while I celebrated that birthday, for some of you, all of you guys, man, that you've been praying for my mom and you've been believing for my mom. And I wasn't even going to say this part here. I was going to do this completely different, but I feel like God just want me to share. But you guys have been praying for my mom on November 4th, 741. My mom passed away and I've been praying for her and I've been asking God like, yo, God bless her. We've been praying for her together. You guys have been a part of what we're doing. I didn't mean just throw it out there and just like if it's something nonchalant. I just don't want to cry. I'm tired of freaking crying, bro. The last few days have been just like, it's not my cousin. That's not like a friend. That's your mom, my mom. You know what I mean? And she's a big personality. But I'm a grown man and I'm not going to cry because I need to get through this message. But my mom, you know, I, she saw me at my worst. She saw me, I mean, she was at court dates. She would go and she didn't speak no English. The only thing she would tell judges is, please, my son, don't take in jail. It's like, your son is a bad guy. She's like, no, he's not, he's nice. And like, no. Uh, my mom was here for 45 years, never spoke a lick of English, ever. And you know, I, I've been very candid about my life and I've been candid about, you know, the things that I've done as a, as a teenager, how I lived my life and it was reckless and how the Lord met me when I was 19 years old, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what's crazy? I never understood why my mom finally got it. Like we prayed, you could ask my wife, we prayed for my mom, we fasted for my mom. I screamed at her. You ever screamed at somebody trying to get them saved? You're stupid, you're going to hell. You ever done that? Yo, that's the worst, bro. That's the worst. Listen, it doesn't work. I promise it doesn't work. You're yelling at them. You're screaming at them. You're trying to show them the Bible. The Bible says in Hezekiah chapter 4, it's like, but no, leave me alone. And I try to do all of those things. And I didn't understand, but I finally had this like, I, uh, this epiphany. Like, I, it just like, hold on one second. And I said, you know what, God? You love her more than I love her. And I, I want you to talk to her and I want you to help her and I want you to change her. And there was this moment where my mom, she wasn't in our church. She wasn't in, 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 you know, she wasn't in any of my friends' churches. She was in somebody else's church. And she came to herself by herself. She stood there at a church and she was like, yo, I've lived a really crazy life. I understand now what my son was talking about. The reason I tell you that is because for so long, we're trying to help people to understand and we're trying to help people to get to know the gospel. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to communicate the gospel. Your responsibility is to live the gospel. The Bible says that we are walking epistles. Some people will never read the Bible, but they'll read you. They'll see you and they'll listen to you and they'll watch everything that you do. And all of a sudden, God will boom, in a second, they'll come to themselves. I was standing in front of a judge and that judge offered me 90 years, bro. He said, I'm going to give you 90 years right now or you can go to court and go to trial and I can give you a life sentence. Which one you want, buddy? And I remember sitting there and I was like, bro, I don't even speak English. Like, I don't, at this point, I don't even, I lost words. I was like, I, 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 we'll give you some time to think about it. Think about what? 
I'm not going to live 90 years. You know what I'm saying? And then a life sentence, like, bro, you're telling me the same thing. Like, you want to get wet or you want to get soaked? Which one you want to do, buddy? Yo, I remember, I can, I can paint you. I remember going to a back courtroom and all my friends, you know, from the neighborhood were there and we were all in jail together. And, and they're like, Chino, what happened? And I'm just like lost. Like I'm in a daze. I'm like, man, them folks offered me 90 years, bro. And everybody went quiet. Dang. And I remember going back to the cell where I was at and under some state white linen sheets, I remember that I came to myself. I mean, it's just that moment. You've had that moment, bro. You know when you came to yourself and you were just like, yo, why am I doing this? What's, why? I need to stop. And it was in that moment that I told God, if I go to prison for the rest of my life, or if I go home right now, I need to change. Because I'm either going to die or I'm going to be in here for the rest of my life. And whatever happens, God, you let it happen. I'm giving you my life. And it's like I, I came to myself. Like it was just like in a moment I came to myself. For some of us in this room, we still haven't had that moment. For some of us, we've been running for so long. And it feels like, yo, we, 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 we drifted a little bit away from God. And not only did we drift a little way, a little bit, but we actually put, instead of putting the car in reverse, we turned the car around, we put it in drive, and we ran far away from God. And for some of us, even as I spoke, there's so much things that God has put in your hands. It's crazy. You may even hear me speak right now and you're thinking to yourself, I was going to do that. Like, I wish I could do that. Like, I, I, I remember when I wanted to do that. And you had all these things in your hand and slowly but surely you're just putting them in a, in a cupboard and it feels like you just wasted it. Can I tell you that all of that can change? All of that can be transformed when you come to yourself, when you come to your senses. When something happens, it's like, yo, that, that makes sense, bro. I don't want to continue living this way. I don't want to continue. I don't want to anger no more. I don't want to continue to live in the shame and this guilt. I don't want to continue to live in this depression or this anxiety. You got you to gotta come to yourself. You got to get to the point where you do it. Nobody's going to do it for you. Can I tell you even the moment right now what you're feeling? That, that feeling that you have inside of you, that's not a little eloquent put together message. That's not some notes and a pastor that's sitting there sharing his story. The Bible says that it is the spirit of God that draws all men unto himself. The gospel is the only thing that can save. This story is Jesus giving a parable showing you the gospel. That you don't deserve to be forgiven. For some of you, you're going to make a decision in just a little while. And for some of you, you're going to turn your entire legacy, your entire life. It's going to completely shift. There's no way I should be hanging, holding onto a microphone right now and speaking. Yes, I went to prison for a lot of years. But guess what? At the very beginning, God used me to start preaching the gospel. I was taking some of the craziest gang members in there and they were turning to Jesus. I was taking some of the drug dealers. And though I knew that lifestyle, they were crying right here on my chest, accepting Jesus into their heart. Because I knew what I had. I had an assignment, bro. I, I came to myself. If he can do it with me, bro. A freaking black Cuban from Miami that spent too many years of his life eating crap with bullet holes all in my belly, my neck ripped open. I shouldn't have this opportunity. So, yo, how much more can he do with your life when you come to yourself? At the end of the day, he took from the father so much. We've taken from the Father sometimes and it feels like so much. But I'm here to tell you, you, you can't break God. 
Like there, there's, there's nothing you can do to separate you from the love of God. The farther you are, the more he loves you. Does that mean go farther? No. That means come closer and enjoy his love and love him back. My hope and my desire today is that you would come to yourself. That you would understand that you can't break God. It's not like he's mad at you. No, it's the opposite. He's madly in love with you. The reason why you're listening to me right now, whether you're watching online or you're here in person, is because God set you up because he wanted to have a conversation with you. And he wants you just to come to your senses. He wants you to come to yourself. Think, hold on, wait a second. Yo, what, what am I doing, bro? There's so much more inside of me, bro. I'm wasting my time. When you come to the Father, he's going to restore even that which you thought the enemy took forever. Next Sunday, I'm going to talk a little bit about what those things look like. But today, I want to give you an opportunity. Wherever you find yourself on the journey, come to yourself. Make a decision turn back to the father it's not a long walk the bible says that the father saw him a ways off and the father ran to him for some of you you think that you're walking and you're far from god and once you repent you change your mind you change your heart you begin to walk in a different direction you think you got to go so far back i remember when i used to read four chapters of the bible every day and i prayed for an hour yo god is not looking for you to go back there there's a new relationship and a new way that he's going to do things with you. You don't have to go back to the way that things used to be. I was in church all day and I served on 48 different teams and I was there eight days out of the week and I was doing everything. I was giving my money and I was doing everything. That was called abuse, my guy. You don't have to go back to abuse. That's not what God is looking for. God is looking for you. He just wanted for you to come to yourself and come back to him. Hey, would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at My Greater Church.